Let us pray. Almighty and gracious Father, once more we come to you and ask for your presence and your spirit to be poured upon us, that we would be filled up, that we would be made your people more deeply and more fully, that you would unite us ever more so to Christ, that we would more and more be his body here on earth, serving him and serving you. Grant us to hear your word this day and to worship you faithfully. We ask this all through Christ our Lord. Amen. Forgot to mark my page in my Bible, so sorry about that. Taking me a minute to get to where I'm wanting to be. It's All Saints Day. I said it at the beginning, I'll say it again. It's All Saints Day. It's the day that we celebrate the saints in heaven. Those saints who have gone before us. The day that we remember and commemorate them and recall their good deeds here on earth. And it's a good thing for us to do this. It actually perfectly, I think, falls in line with what is taught in the Apostles' Creed. It says, there in the last section, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. I believe in the communion of saints. Right there, I believe in the communion of saints. Why is there a communion of saints? There's a communion of saints because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells in believers and unites us to Christ. And Christ comes and dwells in our midst as we gather in his name. All Saints Day is a very, very old feast in the church in one way. In another way, it isn't that old. The actual day of November 1st being All Saints wasn't something that was fully settled and established until sometime in the 8th century. The Pope settled it on that day, choosing that day as a good day to celebrate. Prior to that, it had been set on May 13th by, the pre by one of the previous popes to happen during the spring to remember the saints. In the east, it had been set to occur on the Sunday after Pentecost. That's appropriate as the Holy Spirit is celebrated and poured upon the church. We then immediately, the church would turn and remember all the saints who were in heaven. Prior to that, starting in the mid-2nd century, we have a document called the Martyrdom of Polycarp. It's a written record, a story telling us and describing for us what happened to Bishop Polycarp as he was martyred for the faith, as he was put to death because he refused to reject Jesus. He refused to turn his eyes from Jesus. And so he was murdered by the Romans. But he stood firm. Even in the midst of being put to death, he stood firm and confessed who Jesus was is at the end of that document it tells the people that we will remember his day and the other saints days from now on my paraphrase so starting as early as the mid second century around 150 AD the church began remembering those who died for the faith the martyrs the witnesses who were put to death and persecuted it didn't have one particular set day. In fact, there were various feast days for different saints in different sections of Christendom. 
There were local saints that were regularly celebrated on their day of death that were commemorated and remembered always. And then the next few churches over, there'd be different saints that they would remember. Eventually, they would begin cross-pollinating and remembering one another's saints, those that they personally knew who had died in the faith because this is getting back to the guts and the beginning of the church, the foundation. These are people that they would have remembered and known. It's not just some far-flung past events. It's people that they grew up with, people that they had communion with in church that were martyred and put to death. And so they're remembering their friends and their family. But then they began remembering others. And then eventually, at the end of the third century, we had the Diocletian persecution. The Roman emperor sought to crush Christianity. He sought to put as many Christians to death and to make them turn from their faith because he wanted them to worship him. He wanted them to just simply pick up a pinch of incense and dedicate it to his name as an act of worship and to acknowledge the gods of the Roman Empire. Some Christians gave in and did that because it's just a pinch of incense. It's just one little act and we're good. We get a paper that says that we did it. Other Christians would buy papers that were forged that said that they had done it. So that when they were asked, they could, they could prove that they had worshipped the emperor. Then there were others who refused to have anything to do with it who were arrested and persecuted. Many were put to death because of their refusal. They were so strong in their faith that they got put to death. Thousands of Christians were killed throughout the empire because of this. And the church began to recognize that as they celebrate and commemorate all the saints, there are more saints than there are days in the year. And so the church began setting aside a single day in different places. It, was never, it wasn't set until later on in the 400s and the 500s, in the 5th and 6th centuries, and then finally in the 7th century, settling on May 13th in the, in the West, and eventually moving to November 1st as the Feast of All Saints. And it began remembering all of those that we didn't know, but we know died in the faith. Those unknown anonymous Christians who were put to death. And eventually this All Saints Day came to incorporate even more than that began to incorporate those who simply died in the faith, not because they were persecuted and martyred, but they died as faithful, holy ones of the Lord. One aside that I will make here about Roman Catholicism is there's another day that happens on November 2nd called All Souls Day. You see, All Saints Day tends to look toward those who have been sainted by the church, those who have been reviewed and found to be truly Christian and have lived up and beyond the calling of the ordinary Christian. And so they've been sainted and considered saints. And that's what All Saints Day looks back to. It looks to those saints who have extra merit, who are stronger and more believing, more faithful than your average Christian. They die and go straight to heaven. All Souls Day on November 2nd is to remember all the others who died, who knew Christ, who had been baptized but had not been fully purged of all their sins in this life. And so they pass on to purgatory. And November 2nd is the day that the church, that the Roman church remembers those dead in Christ, the ones who are not in the beatific vision. As Anglicans, we don't acknowledge All Souls Day. We don't acknowledge purgatory as Rome has defined it. We reject the Roman teaching of, teaching of purgatory. And so All Saints Day on its own is a celebration of all who have died in Christ, known and unknown, both the great and glorious workers of Christ 
those servants who went above and beyond the call of duty in so many ways, who were bishops in the church, who were missionaries, who were monks, who did amazing things, but also your ordinary everyday Christians get remembered and commemorated on All Saints Day. Those Christians that you might have known, those Christians that only God knows, we remember them because they are part and parcel of the body of Christ. All Saints Day celebrates the body of Christ, especially those who have gone on to heaven. So a saint is simply one who believes in Jesus. It's literally the holy ones. That's where All Hallows Day comes from. Holy, the old English word for holy is hallow, to hallow. Hallowed be your name. Holy be your name, O God. The saints are those who have trusted in Christ, both living and dead. We heard in our readings over in Ephesians referring to remembering all the saints. They're remembering those living saints, the Ephesians are. They're remembering all the saints. Saint is a word in the New Testament that is especially applied to those who are living in Christ. And it later came to also be more usually replied to those who have died in Christ. But we are all saints. Let us not forget that, that we as believers in Christ, baptized in his body, are believers and are saints too. But we still want to remember the rest of the saints, those who have died, those who have led us to the faith. And in Revelation 7, we get a picture of what heaven looks like on account of those saints being there. This picture of heaven, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a literal picture or if it's just a vision like what the prophets of old would have. They'd have visions of strange things happening that aren't quite lining up with the physical reality we're in, but they are pointing to the deeper spiritual reality all around us, underneath our feet and above our heads and surrounding us that we are blind to because we're physical beings who don't have spiritual eyes quite yet. Or maybe it's just simply that it's just simply that vision of a heaven filled with a multitude that no one can count, innumerable, unfathomable to even process. John sees and behold a great multitude from all the world, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white, with palm branches in their hands. Here we see the sum total of the entirety of the church, and that's why I'm not sure this is a literal vision, or that this is a literal event taking place, but it's an apocalyptic vision of the whole church gathered before the throne, crying out and worshiping God, the end goal of Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension. The end goal of his return is to gather all of his people together, to make them one, to bring them before the throne, to worship the Father and the Lamb. And what are these people doing in heaven? These saints are crying out, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And then the angels respond, and the elders and the living creatures fall on their faces, worshiping and saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. These elders, these four living creatures, these angels have been singing that song, blessing and glory, over and over and over in the background of this vision. It's mentioned over at the end of chapter 5 with a couple of different words, but basically the same tune, the same antiphon to the saints' worship. As the saints cry out in praise and honor of God the Father and the Lamb, the angels and the creatures and the elders respond with blessing and glory 
and wisdom, crying out, Amen, ever so is it true that this is who God is. And while this is a vision, I think that it's a proper and correct picture of what heaven is even like right now. Spiritual heaven, looking to where you go when you die, the immediate place that you go to and wait for the resurrection of the dead, because that's not the end to just simply die and leave your physical body to go be in the presence of God. No, we await a resurrection after our deaths. We await the full manifestation of Christ's salvation and his redemption because it includes our physical bodies. And we will be lifted up and renewed in a physical body to then stand also before the throne and worship and to serve our God and to enjoy all of the new creation that he brings about, refreshing and recreating that which already is, purifying everything. But here, this picture is a picture of the saints currently in heaven too. Because it's a true picture of reality. It's a true picture of the goal of Jesus' death and resurrection. To bring about a salvation that draws peoples from all over the world, of all tribes and tongues and nations and languages, to sit there and stand in white robes, washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. Think about that reality. These saints are made clean. They have white robes that they have washed, not in pure water, but in the blood of the Lamb himself. This red, sticky blood is what they have washed their robes in and that made them pure and white and perfect. And those are the robes that they wear. That Somehow through that process, through that death, through that pouring out of Christ's blood, the Lamb's blood, their clothes are made clean. Their clothes are made white. It's also said by some of the church fathers to be a picture of baptism. As we are baptized, we are washed and we are given white robes the righteousness of Christ placed upon us through baptism, that we would go out in faith to love and serve him with the palm branches waving in their hands, declaring the victory of the cross, the victory in which the king declared that he is the ruler of all creation, in which he conquered and crushed sin and death and hell and Hades itself by dying for our sins and being raised back to life. These saints wave palm branches celebrating his victory over hell and the grave. These saints celebrate who Jesus is. They cry out about what Jesus has done and what God has done through him, redeeming all of creation. And so these saints are ever before the throne of God and they serve him day and night in his temple. And the one who sits in the temple will shelter them, will cover them, will put them under his tabernacle. By his very presence, it says in verse 15. And these saints will no more hunger nor thirst, nor will the sun beat down upon them, because the Lamb is in the midst of the throne. He is their shepherd. He will guide them. He will care for them. He will bring them to the springs of living water and wipe away every tear from their eyes. God will wipe their tears away because he has perfected creation. He has perfected all of reality through the death and resurrection of Christ, who is the one true shepherd who will guide his people to the Father and into the new promised land, the new creation, the new heavens and the new earth. And the saints are praising and worshiping God at the throne right now. And all of this tells us one of the most important things about All Saints Day is that while All Saints Day is commemorating saints 
maybe remembering specific ones in your own home, specific family members or friends who have died in the faith, who influenced you, who guided you in the faith. But at its foundation, while commemorating the saints, what do the saints do in heaven? They commemorate what Christ has done. And so us commemorating saints and remembering them and celebrating what they have done in their life, we are by default celebrating what Christ has done for them and for us. And so let us not leave that part out of our celebration of the saints to cry out with them, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, to cry out in worship of Jesus himself because All Saints Day is at its core about Jesus and his work for us, for without that work there would be no saints. There would be no one worshiping God in heaven without the work of Christ. There would be no one to celebrate the work of the Lamb if the Lamb had not been died, had not died and been slain on our behalf. We worship Jesus as we remember the saints, as we recall their good works, because we're able to. Because for many of us, we have had friends and family who have guided us into faith, who have led us ever nearer to Jesus, who have taught us who he is more deeply. And without those things being in our lives, who knows where we would be when it comes to faith right now. I think of my, in my mind's eye, my timid grandmother, who wasn't very timid, though I look back and I think, oh, she must have been timid, but I know she wasn't because I remember some very non-timid moments where she stood up to people and told them like it was. I remember her gentle faith, her persistent faith, her desire to take us to church, to teach us to pray, to guide us in the faith. She wanted us to know Jesus because she knew Jesus. And I think of all those who came before her, her parents who taught her, and her grandparents who taught her parents. Back in a line, I don't know how many generations back we've had believers in our family, but I know for a few generations we have. It's been a, something that's gotten passed down from generation to generation to generation because that's how God wants to work. He wants to bring families to know Jesus, and so he works through families. He can guide us ever nearer to himself by working through previous generations to bring us to faith. And so it's good that we remember the saints because of what Jesus has done for us and for them. And so what can you do on this All Saints Day? What can you do today? Later on in our service, during our prayers of the people, when we open it up for just regular prayers, I will open up a time where we can remember the saints, where we can remember those believers who helped us know Jesus, where we can just simply say their names out loud and remember them. And I hope that some of us will speak up and say the names of some of the saints who have helped us in the faith. And then we can go out and we can pray even deeper prayers, thanking God for the faith of the saints, those who have guided us nearer to Jesus. Remembering other great saints who have defended the faith, to go and read a short biography maybe of Athanasius or Augustine, to go read Polycarp's martyrdom, to see what these people have done to stand up for the faith, to confess the faith. And we can worship Jesus because without him, we would not be believers. We would not be part of the new Israel. We would not be part of the faithful remnant here in this world who are worshiping Jesus. And we can stand firm in our faith, looking back to what the martyrs have done, what they endured, and be encouraged and built up 
by their endurance. As our prayer said, our collect of the day, you have knit together your elect in one communion, so give us grace so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living. Were the saints perfect? No. They didn't perfectly live. They have sins. They have things that they did wrong. They had wrong thoughts. But the foundation, they trusted in Jesus and they repented of those sins and they worked to live godly lives in conformity to Scripture and conformity to the Ten Commandments. Ready to confess their sins. Ready to confess their wrongdoings. Ready to confess their lack of repentance and turning back in repentance toward our living God, toward Jesus. And so we pray that we might imitate them, that we might follow them, that we might be like them in the faith and live virtuously and live godly lives and walk that path of faith, making Jesus known, sharing Jesus, telling people about Jesus as we encounter them and praying for those who need Jesus. Being consistent, knowing that it's Jesus who has accomplished everything on our behalf. As All Saints Day, if it doesn't point us to Jesus, then we shouldn't be celebrating it. But it does point us to Jesus because it points us to the saints who have trusted in Jesus and points us to a desire to love and serve as they have loved and served Jesus. So that we can then come to those same ineffable joys we see in Revelation 7. To those joys of being in the presence of Christ, to the joy of finally seeing the resurrection from the dead, to being renewed completely and totally from our sins, to be refreshed and given a new life in a new way. All Saints Day is one of the few major feast days that Thomas Cranmer kept in our prayer book. And I think he kept it for that very important reason because it is a feast day that does point us at Jesus. We don't celebrate Reformation Day as a major feast in our church. We celebrate All Hallows' Eve or Halloween and All Saints' Day. Reformation Day is important and we can acknowledge it and remember that that is the day that Luther, Martin Luther, nailed the 95 theses onto the door of the church in Wittenberg and sparked the Reformation that led to a reclaiming of what Christianity is about to a reclaiming of our justification by faith that rests in Jesus alone, to making that central to our lives and how we understand the faith. We acknowledge that, but we also, even more so, acknowledge All Saints Day as Anglicans because that day points us to Jesus. Today points us to Jesus. Today points us to the fact that we are in Jesus. We have been baptized into him, and we partake of his body and blood through this bread and wine and are united to him. And so let us remember Jesus this All Saints Day. Let us recall the good works of the saints, the saints of the far past and the saints of the recent past who have influenced us, who have drawn us to Jesus. And so let us worship Jesus always in all that we do and celebrate this day of All Saints Day. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.